Good morning. Well, welcome to our study through the book of Mark. And we're going to continue on with part two of our study from last week in Mark 11. And Jesus' uh, cursing of the fig tree and the cleansing of the temple. Um, however, um, just wanted to welcome you this morning. It's a beautiful morning here in the Dalles, about 8.30 in the morning. Uh, unlike last week when I spoke to you, when it was 108, right now it's about 60 degrees, which means that probably fall is not far behind. Um, it's that kind of interesting thing about the Dallas. It can get really, really hot, and sometimes it doesn't cool off in the night, and like this morning, it got pretty chilly. So, anyway, it's a lot nicer to speak to you at 60 degrees, though, than it is 108. I will admit that. Well, um, let's pray before we get started. Lord, we thank you for just how you bless us and how you're with us, Lord. We don't ever want to take that for granted. And we pray that this morning that you give us ears to hear, eyes to see, that you give us wisdom, Jesus. So... We just pray that, Lord, that you would just be with us as we study your word and help us to understand it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, as we set, talked about last week, um, this passage that we're looking at, i chosen to entitle Selective Hearing because I think that that ultimately is what is the issue here. Um, as we talked about last week, the Jewish people knew God's word um, and they did apply and practice quite a bit of it. But the problem was that they selectively chose what things to emphasize and what things not to emphasize. And if you remember last week, some of our points were that um, it, the selective hearing means that I sometimes I place my priorities on God's instead of his on mine. In other words, I choose what things that I think are important instead of what God says is, a, is important. And that's a very important thing. And we're going to get to that a little bit later in our study, why that is especially important for us. And selective hearing also means that my priorities, I practice my priorities instead of God's. So that means that even if I know what God wants me to do, I choose to do what I want to do instead, or the priorities of what God has asked me to do instead of my own priorities. And that is kind of a weird thing because it gives me, makes me feel like I have, I've done what God wants me to do when in actuality I've just kind of arranged it for my own personal convenience. And then lastly, selective hearing means that I'm not properly productive when I choose to do what God wants me to do. And so this morning we're going to look at those three in a positive light because as we looked at last week, Jesus actually quotes a couple places in the Old Testament um, as a way to help um, the people of Israel and his disciples know what they were dealing with. See, this is one of those kind of things, if you study the Bible for yourself, when Jesus quotes um, a passage in the Old Testament, he usually means that he's dealing with something more than just that single individual quote. He's taking that quote to reference a, a bigger piece. Now, you got to remember, back in these days, they did not have um, chapter and verse divisions. So when he quotes a piece of the scripture, it is like he is quoting, you might say, a chapter and a verse division. And that's just an important thing to remember as we get into this a little bit later. So how do I change 
my perspective and how do I change this selective hearing? Because selective hearing is very, very important in understanding what it is that God wants me to do and why he wants me to do it. Remember, God gives us commands for our benefit, not just to produce power over us that he wants us to obey his commands because it actually produces something in us. So let's look at this. And if you like to um, write notes, I have um, a few points that I'd like you to remember and write down this morning. So let's read first in Mark chapter 11, starting with verse 12, as we looked at last week. And we're going to read it again. And then we're going we're gonna to look at some of the more specific passages in the Old Testament. On the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went on to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. He said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. And they came to Jerusalem, and he entered the temple, and began to drive out those who sold, and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them and saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it and were seeking a way to destroy him, for they feared him because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. And when evening came, they went out of the city. So, as I said, Jesus is referring to two specific passages in the Old Testament when he's quoted here. It is, is it not written? Number one is, the, is, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Now, as we said last week, that is a direct quote from Isaiah chapter 56. And so, if you have your Bibles... I'd like to look at that um, briefly, so go ahead and turn to Isaiah chapter 56. Now this is very important and I think we need to make sure. So number one, if you like to write notes, the first point that I'd like to emphasize this morning is that we, in order to not, to, to not selectively hear, but completely hear God's word, I need to listen to God's word and then place his priorities over my own. Now, this is where I choose to be obedient. And if we become a Christian, it means we become little Christ. In other words, we want to be like Jesus. We choose specifically to say, Lord, not my will, but yours, yours be done. And that's what we're really talking about. Is when we say, Lord, I want to know what it is that you prioritize. What it is that's important to you in this particular situation. See... While Israel had God's word, they really didn't know God's priorities. They kind of took all of his word and then they said, well, you know, this is important right now, so we're going we're gonna to pay attention to this. But it really wasn't God's priorities. It was really their priorities. See, in Isaiah 56, God wanted Israel to be a light to the Gentiles, for the temple to be open to them. And let's read this a little bit so that you can understand. We're going to read here, um, starting with um, verse 6. And the foreigners who joined themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord, and to be his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it, and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain, and I will make them joyful in my house of prayer. And their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. 
For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Then the Lord God, who gathers the outcasts of Israel, declares, I will get yet I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. Now this is why it is so important that our priorities be the same as his. See, the nation of Israel had used the court of Gentiles for their own purposes. The court of Gentiles was to be a place, it was the one place that they could come in the temple to seek the Lord. Now they couldn't come into the inner courtyard um, where the Holy of Holies and the, and the most holy place was. Um, they, they had to stay out here, but it was in the temple area itself. It was the place where they could pray and seek the Lord and meet to know more about God. And during Jesus' day, but also before this, that the people of Israel had neglected the Gentiles. Now, why is this so important? Let me ask you this. Are you a Gentile? By that I mean, are you a non-Jewish person? Did you grow up in a heritage and an ethnicity that is different from Israel? If that's the case, then you're a Gentile. See, this is one of the reasons why it is so important that we place the same priorities as God places them. It's because it's for our benefit. See, if, if God had not made that temple available to the Gentiles, we would not have availability to God. But he said, he told the people of Israel, no, I want that availability to them. And the reason why Israel um, had done this is because they had suffered a lot um, with some of the Gentile nations. And they really didn't like them. They ended up considering them to be the fuel for the fires of hell. Partly because they weren't clean. They didn't deserve a lot of the, the laws that God um, had given them. But that's because they had not been given them yet. They did not have the opportunity. And by excluding them, they weren't able to learn. This is one of the conundrums. Um, that's why we have to be welcoming to people, um, even people that are different from us. Um, see, we need to know God's priorities and place them properly. We need to know what it is for him. Jesus talked about this, didn't he? He said that there are weightier matters of the law. Um, he said, you tithe mint and dill but you forget these weightier matters of the law. In other words, there are some parts of God's word that take precedence or priority over others. And in this particular case, they had put offering sacrifices ahead of that. We're going to look at that in just a second as we get to the next point um, with Jeremiah chapter 11. Now, I just want to make a quick application. In our current climate, that's especially important. You know, with all the strife and everything that's happening right now, it's fairly easy for us to get mad at other groups and say, well, they just don't deserve it. Well, that's the point. None of us deserve it. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. It comes from the book of Romans. See, and this is one of those kind of things. It's true that people um, act out. Um, sometimes they act out for good reason. Sometimes they don't have good reason. But either way, we have to take that into consideration. We need to double check everything to make sure that we have the proper application for the scriptures. The proper weight is given to the commands that we are given and that we don't put our own desires, our own particular priorities over God's. Now, in order to do that, we need to know what God's word is and how God sees things. That means we take the entire scope of the scriptures and evaluate it 
based on all the things that God has said. You know, things like prayer, fasting, all those kind of things, they're important, but that there are things that are, you might say, weightier matters. And I think this is one of those kind of things that we need to understand. There's a reason why we love the Lord. There's a reason why we love the name of Jesus. For example, um, there's a passage in the book of Micah that helps to emphasize this, about the, the priorities that God has for us. That's why we read, we read the entire Bible and not just become, quote-unquote, Ten Commandments Christians. Because if we do that, we miss the intent of what God wants us to do. In Micah 6.8, and there's actually a song that um, kind of quotes Micah 6.8, and it goes something like this. Um, he has shown thee, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. Now, that is a song that quotes Micah chapter 6, another one of God's prophets. And he gives us a sense of when you take the entire corporate part of God's word, these are the th things that he wants us to emphasize. To do justly. In other words, justice. Does that sound familiar to you? To love mercy. You know, law, order, you know, all those kind of things, they definitely have a place. And don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But we also need to do it um, with mercy um, and grace. Because it was that was given to us. See, the name of Jesus is beautiful because of this. You know, have you ever wondered why Jesus is such a wonderful name? Why their songs have been written? There's just something about that name. Or Jesus, 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 like the fragrance after the rain perhaps you're familiar with that song perhaps you're not but either way it talks about the fact that the name of jesus has is something special but what is it about the name of jesus is it the syllables is it the the letters and sounds themselves no it doesn't mean anything more than like your favorite restaurant or your favorite food or whatever it might be it's not the arrangement of the letters or the sounds of the letters it's what that name represents. And that's the way the Old Testament understood, the Bible understood names. The name is more than just a label. The name indicates the contents, which is what, the, what really is what makes you feel so good about certain things. You know, one of my, my favorite foods is pizza. And whenever I, I think of pizza, my mouth starts watering. Not because of the, the, the letters or the, the way the letters are arranged, no, it's because what that word represents, that represents that cheesy bread dough with, for me, I love pepperoni and, and olives and mushrooms and all those things on top of it. And it's, it's pizza, the word pizza represents what pizza is. And this is, the, this is the thing about Jesus, is that Jesus represents beauty and grace and truth and righteousness, the way things should be not strife and anger and that's why it's so beautiful for us that's why we we love to worship him is because we love to worship this idea of who he is and what he represents but that's why it's important that we place his priorities over ours because his priorities are the representation of that beauty isn't it
Well, number two, if you like to um, write notes, like, like I said, number one is in order to be able to, to completely hear God's word, not to be selectively here, not to selectively here, but to rightly hear. Um, we listen to God's word and place his priorities over my own. Number two is that we listen to God's word and then practice his priorities over my own. Now, this is really, really important because Jesus said this, didn't he? He said, be a doer of God's word and not a hearer only. I think this is an incredible thing for us to really pay attention to. Because, see, I can know what God wants me to do, but I need to practice it, shouldn't I? If you remember, that was really what the, the original sin was all about. Adam and Eve kind of knew what they were supposed to do, but based on the temptation from the Satan, the serpent, they chose to go their own way instead of God's way. They knew God's, they knew God's priorities, but they chose to practice their own. And that's an incredibly important thing. I can believe in God. I can know that he exists. Um, but I have to, he is a rewarder, as Hebrews also says, he's Hebrews 11. He's a rewarder, rewarder that diligently seeks him, not just my own priorities. See, Israel had part of God's priorities. They were practicing the sacrifices here in the temple. There were many things in the temple that were going well, but because they're excluding people, they missed a huge part of it, didn't they? Now, Part of that was they twisted it to satisfy themselves. And there's a lot to be said. There's evidence to suggest that the chief priests and the, and the scribes were actually financially benefiting the, the as the vendors that were coming in to exchange the money, um, that were selling sacrifices, that the chief priests and others um, were benefiting because they controlled the temple. They were benefiting, benefiting financially. But apart from that, it, it was really also convenient because they were able to kind of exclude people that they wanted to exclude, in other words, the Gentiles. And see, one of the reasons why Jesus curses the fig tree is because this isn't one of those things that just happened. That this had been going on for a long, long time, over 700 years, which is around when Isaiah um, was, was preaching, and also the, Jeremiah. Maybe Jeremiah was a, a little bit sooner than him, maybe only 600 years. But still, God had been talking to the nation of Israel about this for a long, long time. And it comes down to the fact that they, they thought that they could kind of do their own thing, not practice God's priorities because the fact that they were Jews and they lived in Jerusalem had kept them safe. But it's not true. See, in Jeremiah chapter 7, um, he talks about this. He said, Thus says the Lord, Amend your ways and your deeds, and I will dwell in this place. Do not trust in these deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. For if you truly amend your ways, and if you truly ex execute justice with one another, if you do not oppress the sojourner, the fatherless, or the widow, or shed innocent blood in this place, if you do not go after other gods to your own harm, okay, then I will let you dwell in this place, in the land that I gave of old to your fathers forever. See, God gave this to their fathers, but they needed to actually practice what he asked them to do as well. 
and not just kind of talk about it once in a while. Practicing is very important, as he said here. If you execute justice one with another, and as I said, this is why this is a particular thing. Now, we may disagree about how other people um, define justice, and I, I think there's something to be said about that for sure. That just because someone defines justice one way doesn't necessarily mean that's why God defines it. But on the other hand, it's also true, just because someone we don't like um, brings up justice doesn't mean that they don't have a valid point. And we need to be able to listen to what other people are saying and then to be able to make to know to make the right priorities. Um, and that's why we need to when we we need to practice these priorities when we when we when we know what they are um, You know He goes on in Jeremiah 7 he says Behold you trust in deceptive words this is chapter 8 verse 8 to no avail Will you steal murder commit adultery swear falsely make offerings to Baal and go after other gods that you have not known and then come and stand before me in this house which is called by my name and say we are delivered only to go on doing all these abominations has this house which is called by my name become a den of robbers in your eyes now this is what I'm talking about when Jesus makes this direct quote he's talking about the fact that just like God had spoken here in the book of Jeremiah which is around 600 years or so before Jesus came okay that these things were continuing to keep keep going on and that's why this cursing of the fig tree it seems so immediate but it's not immediate this is something that had been going on for a long long time and finally God said okay that's enough and that's exactly what happened and just a few years after about 30 years after Jesus died um, the, the the temple was was destroyed and the city of Jerusalem was sacked by the Roman soldiers by the, the by the Roman government See, um, he's trying to help them understand that practicing these things properly is really, really important. Because what is inside of Jesus, people see that in us. And they, he wants to make sure that we have the right, we have the right contents inside the can inside the box however you want to call it we can have the label but we need to make sure we have the right contents don't we well he goes on we go on so chapter uh, point three if you'd like to write notes and as we said number, number one is that we need to know and place the right priorities we need to listen to God's word and then practice his priorities and number three we need to listen to God's word and then properly produce in the practice Many of the Jewish people went through the motions spiritually. They were, in a sense, practicing, but their heart wasn't in it. And this is one of those kind of things, you know, spiritual disciplines like prayer and fasting and giving financially, they're all meant to connect us to the Lord, to help us abide in Him. But they by themselves aren't really the fruit that God is looking for. How we treat other people how we is how we, in a sense, are treating Him. They're, in, they're interconnected. They're not to replace concrete action. They are there to help us understand the right concrete action to take. You know, 
Jesus said this in John chapter 14. And you don't have to turn there. But he, he talks about this, about this connection with him. That if we stay connected with him, we will produce good fruit. John 15, I'm sorry. And he goes on to say, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that will bear much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, abiding is like the word abode. We say that is his abode. In other words, that's the place where he lives. What Jesus is talking about here is that when we, we operate as a Christian, that we are to live in him. We are to make our dwelling in how he operates and who he is. That is the place where we are to live spiritually. So that his heart is our heart. His priorities are our priorities. His practices are our practices. And then when we do that, we produce fruit because we're connected to him. But he also says later that if I don't produce fruit, then I will be cut off. And this is one of the reasons, again, why this is so important for those of us who are Christians. Just because we have the label, we need to produce the fruit that Jesus wants us to produce. Otherwise, we it's meaningless for us. Now, I think this is an important thing right now. And, uh, you know, people will say, okay, well, so what do I do? How do I understand what I'm supposed to do here? Well, I think it's important that one is when we read our Bible or when we listen to sermons or wherever, however way we, we um, understand and follow Jesus, which includes all of those kind of things, that we pay, pay attention, special attention when God emphasizes something. It's one of those kind of things, how do you know when somebody's emphasizing something is when they bring up the same thing over and over and over again. When they send the prophets, and that's one of the reasons why reading the prophetical books are so important, is because you see the same things emphasized by, emphasized by God over and over and over and over again. You know, and when somebody is emphasizing something over and over and over again, you know that that is important to them. Pay attention when you see things mentioned over and over and over again. It's just one of the great ways of being able to understand how to interpret the, the Bible. Um, one of the things is we tend to find, we, we can prove anything we want, can't we? Satan used the scriptures with Jesus, if you remember, in the temptation in the desert, in the wilderness. When, he, when Satan told Jesus, is it not written? But see, I can use the scripture to prove almost anything that I want if I twist it or I use it out of context. If I use it in the purposes that I want to use for it instead of what God is emphasizing for. And that's why when I when I read the scriptures, I need to read it and understand what it is that he's, he's saying. And then really spend some time. And this is where prayer, fasting, all those things come in. Is that it's when then is when I start to learn how to practice it when I, I get connected with God's heart about something and say okay this is what I think God wants me to do and this is this is the the best connection I can I can in our current society right now you know um, there's a lot of people in pain right now and when people are in pain they don't necessarily always act rationally I don't know if you've ever been in pain before or if you've ever been really hurt emotionally, when you've been hurt emotionally or in pain, you don't necessarily act the way you probably would prefer. And you probably will repent or apologize for that later. 
And that's what's happening now. A lot of people are in pain right now. And on, on all sides. That's why we need to give them grace and mercy. Is because they're in pain. And instead of being mad at them, well, you, you should still know better. To say, well, yeah, but I've done that too. That I, I'm going to offer them grace and mercy because I was given grace and mercy. So, I think those are two good things. It's just, just uh, to really seek the Lord and what His priorities are by really, when I read Scripture and I read here, listen to sermons, to find out what God emphasizes. What is it the things He mentions over and over and over again? And then in practicing those kind of things, um, to know and connect with the Lord of how should I best do this? See, that's why we love the Lord is because he's given us that grace ourselves. He's given that grace to us. So let's pray. Lord, help us to do that, we pray this morning. To be able to give others that same grace and mercy that we have been, we ourselves have received. That's why we love you, Lord. Because you're beautiful. That, Lord, that even when we don't deserve it, Lord, um, as the Bible says in the book of Romans, while we were yet sinners, you died for us, Jesus. While we were yet sinners, you died for us. We thank you for that. And pray that, Lord, that you would help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, may the Lord richly bless you, and have a good week, and may you reflect about the things that the Lord might want to have for you this morning. Bye-bye.